The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Corey, thank you for coming on and being a guest here at Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, you're going to have this amazing guest who I've gotten to know in the last, what, six months or so, if not longer than that. He's the sales CEO for a reason. Let the audience know who you are and what is it you do. Sure. Thanks, Max. I really appreciate you having me on the show today. So my name is Corey Barrier, and I am the sales CEO. I work with business owners that are frustrated, quite frankly, with their previous successes and their current best efforts. And they're, they're honestly, they're just not scaling and they're not growing as quickly as they'd like. So that's where I come in. And I usually meet with the owner and I find out from him or her what the issue he thinks is. And then I come in and I meet with the sales team or the techs or whoever it is. And I find out what they think. And so then what I do is because usually it's two very different opinions on how things are going. And so I marry those two. I figure out a common ground between the two and get them on the same page. And that's important culturally, right? If you don't have a good culture in your business, you're probably not going to be successful. Right. And if the leader is not providing that culture in that those core values and living by that, then what does that do for the employees? It tells them they don't have to do it. And so that's where I come in and I help train these guys up. And also I help with their mindset because Max, at the end of the day, if, and I'll just use this quick example. If you're selling a $30,000 product and you're only making $80,000 a year, well, you can't really envision spending almost half your salary on the product. So these guys are selling from their bank account, not the customer's bank account. And that's a problem because it doesn't matter if I can afford it. It matters if the customer can afford it. That's all that matters. So I just help these guys understand that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of other things, body language. We go through that. We go through language patterns. We go through a lot of different things that will improve their ability to close deals. Right. One, one other thing, Max, I forgot. Um, and, and this is fairly new and this is why I forgot it. But now I'm offering to provide leads, targeted lead for the customer, my client, and then I show you how to close them. Like, wow. that's a pretty phenomenal deal. And I don't know anybody else that can say that. So right. I'm pretty excited about it. You said something that is so true. And it doesn't matter what business you're in, right? If it sucks at the top, it's going to suck down to the bottom, right? Right. If the leader's not leading and, and building his team and, and leading by example, let's say, then why is anybody else going to want to do? You know what I mean? 
or if it's that, I don't know if you've ever been, I've been part of those companies where it's like the dictator. And at the end of the day, people are just trying to, they're not trying to do the best job they can. They're just trying to get the job done so they can get the hell out of there. Right. And split. Max, it's interesting that you bring that up because I got to be, I'll be super transparent with you. Uh, When I had my testosterone replacement clinic, it was basically a med spa. I was that guy. I was the dictator, not the leader. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get my team on board. And now stepping back after I've left that company, or actually I split with my partner, the longer story. But anyway, I realized that I wasn't a good leader. And I'm glad I had that experience because now I understand the difference in a good leader and somebody that wants to bark orders and say, I'm the owner do as I say. And that was me. And you can't get things done that way. No. And, and you know, I, you and I relate on, on other levels. We've talked about this before, right? Especially, and, and you know, like I know that if you're screaming at me and you're yelling at me or you're pointing your finger and tapping me on the chest, you've lost me, right? Like, like nothing good is going to get done. I'm going to do the job. I'm going to do it half ass. And just to get you off my back to say, look, I got it done. Now leave me alone. Right. But you know, you've been doing this a lot longer than me. And you know, when, when you guide a team or you guide a client and you nurture them and you, you do the things that you know are going to help them grow, you're more likely to get that hundred percent plus effort because they think they know you care, right? They know that you have their best interest. And I've worked at all types of different companies, right? And luckily in the business that I do, that's kind of like, well, I should say from my perspective, as say as a counselor, right? That that's how I work, right? I got to lead by example. I got to I gotta portray the behaviors or model the behaviors that I want my clients to, right? Because I can't be one way, you know, and then at work and then be a different way out in town or let's say out in the world, right? Where they can see, like, oh, that guy, he's not, he's not who he says he is, right? And right. what I've learned, like, from from listening to you and talking to you is if I'm going to help someone, right, I got to lead by example. So I got to be the guy that they see me in front of them. I got to be the guy, let's say, on Facebook, right? Because you see it, you know, all the social media, there, a lot of people are one way when they're responding to a post or making a post, but behind the scenes, they're a totally different person. You know, you know Max, that's a good point. And here, here's what I'd like to the audience to think about. Who are you when nobody's looking? Who, what kind of man, what kind of woman are you when nobody's looking? If you're a guy, do you wipe the piss off the seat every single time? Do you do the things that you say you're going to do and stick with your word? Because here's the problem with not sticking with your word is what you're doing is you're lying to yourself and you're saying, hey, I'm this guy. But then, you know, in the back of your mind, you're not really that guy. And you can tell it if I'm not that guy and I can tell it if you're not that guy. Right. We know. (laughs) Yeah, we spot it. We're like the like the sharks in the ocean when the chums in the water. Right. We're like we smell it. Like now it's time for us to go like, right. And what we're talking about is just be having integrity. Right. Meaning what I say and say what I mean. And, and you know, the gentleman I'm speaking of, Ryan Stuman, right? He talks about in one of his talks that he's had, I've heard him say is I'm willing to do in the light what I do in the dark, right? So I'm, like you said, like I'm, I have to be the guy when no one's looking and when people are watching so that 
it, you know, that it matches because that's the quickest way to lose people when they say, well, God, Max is like an a-hole, you know, when the camera's off or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want anything to do with that guy. And, you know, that's what's cool about doing what we do and the people we help, right? Because it forces us to be that guy, right? Because you never know who's watching. That's right. And right. you don't, you don't want to lie to yourself because guess what? Then you stop trusting your decisions. Right. And I can speak on that because I've done it. I've <laughs> absolutely done it. Like, honestly, I've done it more than I've been a good person. And that's just the truth. Just complete transparency. Like, at the end of the day, you have to do what you say you're going to do or you're going to disappoint yourself. And that sticks with you. You know, I'll give you a quick example, Max. I decided... I'm going to run four miles every time that I run, right? And I know where that stopping point is to turn around. And there have been days where I've taken a left instead of kept going to make it shorter. And every time I did that, my day got worse. Why? Because I lied to myself. I said, Corey, you're going to do four miles. And then I wound up doing three. Not because I was out of breath, because I was lazy. And I chose to take a shortcut. And when you take a shortcut, you're going to shorten what you're, you're going to shorten the blessings that you're supposed to get. And so what I found is by completing that four miles, it makes me, it starts my day out saying, I can trust me. I can trust my decisions because I followed through and did what I said I was going to. Guess what, Max? Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that I ran four miles or they don't know if I ran three. But guess what? I know. You know, and that's what's key, right? And that's the whole purpose of this podcast, right? Is to show people that I interview, like, this is what they do. This is who they are, right? This is the challenges they've been through. And this is why they're successful because they don't cut corners. We might have in the past, right? When we weren't being our authentic self, as they say, but once we learn that this is what's going to help us thrive in life, that no cutting corners, right? Like for instance, when I knew I was going to have back surgery. So last year when I told you or in November, like right before I lost my job, I started doing, well, no, right after I started doing 75 hard. Right. And there, there you go. Talk about having integrity and, and, and not lying to myself. Right. It's just me and the app, right? The app doesn't know if I really did both workouts. The app doesn't know if I really drank gallon of water. The app doesn't know if I read 10 pages of personal development. Right. But guess who did me. Right. I'm so glad I did it, right? Because one, it helped me prepare for my surgery. I was in the best health possible. Two, it just strengthened the things I've learned. And, you know, in my recovery, like, you know, I've talked to you about, it just made me a better person, right? As a, a husband, a father, am I perfect? No, but at least at the end of the day, I like what you said, because at least I can look in the mirror and I can smile back at the guy that's looking to me because I know I didn't cut any corners, right? And the things that I'm telling my clients, what I do for work, I know that whatever I'm telling them, I'm doing. And they know that because they've seen me. Max tells me something. I know damn well he's doing it too. So I better do it. You know what I mean? So there's no cutting corners. And, you know, we all face challenges. And I like to talk to, to my guests about like, like, what are some of the toughest challenges that you've gone through in life? You know, on this, on this thing, this journey we call life in, in business and life. Tell me some of the toughest challenges that, that you've went through. Absolutely. I've got a whole list of them. I'll start with something that's obviously pretty familiar with you. And, and in 2009, so I'll back up a little bit. Uh, basically, between 2000 and 2001, I basically got three DUIs. 
no, yeah. But that's not true. Two DUIs. 2003, 2004, I got my third one. 2005, I got caught with four ounces of cocaine. Now, that was, needless to say, that was an absolute massive challenge because, well, now I'm facing prison time and I am not prison material at all. And so, fortunately, I hired a great attorney. And honestly, Max, if I'm being transparent, honestly, I think I think because I'm white, I got a bit of a pass. I don't mean that in a racist way, but I do. I, I believe that that the guy gave me a break, possibly because he saw something in me that was going to turn out well. And here's here's the the great thing about what happened. My probation officer was on the other side of the courtroom. She said to the judge, "He's not going to change. He's still selling dope." throw his ass in jail. Literally told the judge, give up. He's not going to change. Throw him in jail. I'm done with him. And this is from a probation officer. Typically, my guess is the judge does whatever they say, typically. (laughs) But he didn't. He he said, look, I'm going to give you 48 hours to find a place to go. You don't find a place to go, I'm going to find you a place to go, which is prison. And so, Fortunately, I mean, look, I was in jail, so it's not like you can call a, a you know a rehab center collect from jail because they get them call they get probably get those calls all the time and they're expensive and they're probably not going to accept it. That's just my guess, right? If you can even get to the phone. So my stepmother got me into a rehab place. It was six months long, and I went through it. I completed it. Then I completed the probation, which was like I don't know seven years. And this is the wild thing. My probation officer, after I was finished, she called me and she said, hey, I want you to come down and do an interview. And I'm like, what do you mean? She said, I want to interview you for the newspaper because you are one of the few people that I've had success with because most people don't straighten up. Most people don't get better. Most people go back to everything that we arrest them for. And she said, you're different and you have changed. And I want to show how the probation system has helped you. Now, I don't know if it was that that probation, the probation helped me necessarily, but at the end of the day, it was kind of cool for her to ask me to do that. And it was humbling for her, I'm sure, because she did not love me. I want to share my next one with you, which is a business struggle. Absolutely. So in 2013, um, I got fired. I was a master personal trainer and I was literally the top trainer in that company for five years straight, except for two months. I killed it, period, because I don't know how to sell. Not because I was a great trainer. I'm a great salesperson. And so when I got fired, which was on December 31st, 2013, and the reason I got fired, I was getting a divorce from my second wife, and she told my boss that I had started my own company, which was true. It was a it was a shell company. It was literally for tax purposes. That was it. Right. But it didn't matter because I wasn't supposed to do that. And so he fired me. And and so I had to figure it out. And Max, the whole, for years, I've wanted to be a, an entrepreneur, wanted to be a business owner. Well, guess what? I didn't have any choice at that point. I was a felon. I got fired. I don't have a college education. The only thing I know is sales and training. So I just took off. I started my own training company. And five years later, I sold that. And the training company was great, but I sold it. And I started, started the testosterone clinic, like I mentioned earlier. Right. And, and that was, you know, that was a hard business to build. I built it all by myself. And I did have a 50-50 partner. He was a construction guy. He didn't know shit about what I was doing. And so he walked into my office and he said, "Um, I'm not going to pay you anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to pay me anymore? Like, I run the whole shit. You you don't know anything about this place. 
And so he made that decision. I stuck around for another two weeks thinking, all right, he's going to get, he's going to pull his head out of his ass and realize he can't do this. He didn't pull his head out of his ass. So I backed a U-Haul up and I took 49% of the shit out of that clinic in the middle of the night. Now, I did that because I needed leverage because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but I was within my rights to do what I did. Right. And so then, of course, I got a call from his attorney saying, oh, we're pressing charges, you know, all kinds of shit. And I stepped back and I'm like, I was driving, I remember just like it was yesterday, I was driving to Asheville when I got the call. And I said, look, dude, let me explain something to you. You don't understand. I own half the company. I only took 49%. I videoed everything I took. I cataloged everything I took. I said, you don't have shit on me. I said, you kill, you'll hear from my attorney when I hire one. And so when I hired one, long story short, we were also $350,000 in debt, which I didn't know. And so, oh my God, dude, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, it, was, it was like somebody punched me in the stomach. And that was a hard time for me, Max. That was probably one of the darkest times that I've gone through. And, and it was about three years ago. And it pushed me into my personal development journey. And I want to share one more quick story with you that was really powerful. And, and I'll try to get through this without, you know, without getting emotional. But sometimes, most of the time, it, it happens. Um, because it, it's something in my heart that is unbelievable. And so part of the reason that October 1st, 2018 was such a shocker when he said he wasn't going to pay me was the second part to that is I was planning to buy my ticket to go see Tony Robbins. I had journaled every day, visualized. I knew I was going to that fucking event, right. period. I knew I was going, but at that point, I had doubt because now I don't have the money to go because I didn't get paid. And I was the primary source of income. My wife makes great money, but still, I was the primary source. Long story short, my wife calls me at on around October 3rd or 4th, and I was still at the clinic. And she, she said, I want you to go to your computer and open it. And I said, look, dude, I'm fucking busy. I was in the bathroom. I'm like, I, I don't have time for whatever this is. She said, I don't care what you're doing. Just go and sit in front of your computer. And so I did. And I opened it up. She said, I want you to open your email. And, and so I opened it. And Max, I, I can't even tell you how impactful this was. When I opened my computer, there was a, an email from Robin's research. Okay. And my wife had worked out a ticket for me. And it was, it was probably the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. And to this day, it just, I, it, it just, it, it changed my life. It changed my life. And, and like I said, I never had anybody do anything like that for me. And in that event, and I went to the event and I walked on the fire and I did all the things and I believe it changed my life. It changed the direction of what I'm doing. And I will always be grateful for that. Yeah. So. Well, that just shows a testament to who you are. Right. And, and uh, this will lead us into the next question. And, and, but I mean, that's amazing. Like when we are at our lowest, cause this is why I think I connected with you. We connect on so many different levels. Yeah. You're, you're up here when it comes to the business part. Right. Cause I look up to you because you worked your ass off to get there. You've been through this stuff. Right. But I know there's a deeper level why we connected and you just kind of said it right. Cause there's people out there when we think when we're at our lowest, there's always that one person that shows up for us that tells us otherwise that's our impetus to keep going, right? 
that was it for, for me, you know, five years ago or four years ago, you know, when I met my wife and, and, you know, she supported me writing my book and, you know, it was the first time in my life where it was like, wow, this person doesn't want anything. They just want to support me and they want me to be happy and they want me to be successful. Right. Cause I had just lost my sister. My brother lost his battle to addiction. I was moving back from, you know, Minnesota with nothing, you know, and, uh, and that's why I do what I do. And that's why I have this podcast. Cause people need to hear these stories, right? People just don't get successful because they went, boom, you know, I'm going to be successful one day. There is those fires they have had to walk over. There is those obstacles that they had to pull themselves over. And, you know, like you see on those obstacle courses where they're pulling themselves up and they barely get to the top, but they, you know, you just gave an example of, pushing through, right? When you thought maybe at the time, I don't know, like, how's this going to work? Like this guy's being a dick, excuse my language. And, you know, he's an asshole, like he's taking away my livelihood and I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. But then it shows up. Like I always say, God's timing is always perfect. Right. Cause when we least expect it, when we need that extra push, he shows up. And uh, that's right. I, I appreciate that. You know, I like when people are real and raw in here. Right. And it's the way we have to be. You know what I mean? And that leads me into this next question, right? So, you know, I wrote a book, right? I called it Fearless Happiness, My Addiction, My Battles, and My Recovery. So the first part I like to ask my guests after they've shared is what does fearless mean to you and how does that show up every day? Fearless for me is that if, if it's something that makes me uncomfortable, it, I probably need to do it. And, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because I, I was sharing with you before we started that, you know, you mentioned something you mentioned jujitsu, uh, strangely, because I, it's really odd that you even mentioned it because like I was telling you, I, I'm going to take a tour on Wednesday and I'm, I, I mean, uncomfortable, I would say is definitely the word. I've never done anything like that, but I'm doing it because I know it's going to make me better. And so I think fearless for me means that you got to walk through you got to walk through the shit and you got to believe end of the day that you're going to be successful one way or the other, because you know what, as of right now, I'm undefeated at life. Undefeated. I've, de- I've defeated every battle that I've ever come across right now, right here. So have you. Absolutely. And you know, what's cool that you said, believe, right? Cause there's one of my mentors, uh, he passed in March of COVID. And one thing he used to always teach me, right? His big thing was believe, just believe that you're going to make it that you're going to, of course, we got to do the work, right? We can't sit back and go, well, Corey maybe said to believe and everything's going to work out, right? What he meant is if you do the work and you believe in yourself that it's going to, it's going to happen, right? And if you would have asked me, you know, for instance, if you would have asked me 18 years ago, uh, would I own a home? Would I be married to the girl of my dreams, right? Would I be sitting on a podcast talking to one of my friends, Corey Barrier, you know, about life and business? I would have told you, Corey, whatever you're smoking or doing, you need to pass it my way because you're tripping, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? But like you said, like, I guess I'm undefeated in life too, right? Because I'm still here and I'm still, I'm doing the things I love to do. Is life perfect? Absolutely not. We know that it's not perfect. But one thing I do do is give perfect effort, right? Give the best effort I can every day. So, you know, that's, that's an awesome answer, right? Fearless. And you know, it's funny that I ask every guest, our guest, that same question, right? And it's funny because even though the answers are different, they're the same, right? I picked some amazing guests to be on my show and I love the difference of the answers. But at the end of the day, if you listen to what they're saying, it's the same. It's not giving up. It's doing the work always, the hard work, like the stuff we don't want to do, right? We can't always have, you know, 
easy street and like expect to be successful, right? It's take, and like you, it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. And it's going to take those aha moments where, like you said, when we were talking about the running earlier, right? Where you said you went right instead of left or whatever, right? As long as we know we stay on the path and we we are true to ourselves, right? There was one thing I got to tell you, I, I heard a TED Talks and I didn't realize, but this is how I live every day, right? It's always be authentic, right? Always be honest, surrender the results, and always do the hard work. And it was a TED Talks that I show some of my clients of this recovering addict who's a multi, you know, millionaire CEO who learned this in his recovery. And he still goes to meetings like 20 years later, you know what I mean? And he still talks about the same thing. So we are on that path, I think. And and it's just like, we can't get frustrated with ourselves because like there are going to be bumps in the road. Sometimes there is a wall. And like some of my mentors said, if the wall's there, build a door or climb over it or go around it. You know what I mean? But um, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Right. And I'm blessed to have people like you in my life that I can go to and an- get asked a question and get an honest answer. You know what I mean? That's what I love is like, I never get, you know, this peaches and cream type of like unicorn answer, right? They're always straight. Like, this is what's going to happen, Max. If you keep on this path, this is what's going to happen. If you do it this way, like we've learned, this is what's going to happen. So the second question I like to ask my guests is happiness, right? The second part of my title, which is spelled with a Y. And, you know, like I always say, I'm, a, I'm on my show, you know, I, every time there's people that go, dude, you spelled that wrong. I go, no, there's a reason I put the Y in there. You got to figure it out. And they go, you know, usually they'll come back and they go, oh, I get it. So knowing I put the Y in happiness, like what does happiness mean to you? And what is, how do you find happiness and how does that show up in your life every day? I feel like, well, for me, happiness is that, you know, I've got a great relationship with my wife. She is, I would put her up against any wife on the planet because she's probably the best human I know. And that's important, Max, because I don't think a lot of people, ha- I don't know if a lot of people have it like that. I mean, my wife adores me and, you know, kind of feels weird because I never had anybody like that in my life. And so being married to her, you know, and having, you know, a successful business, it, all those things I think contribute to the happiness and being able to go and do the things I like to do. I enjoy playing Frisbee golf. You know, it's something that it's kind of a hippie type thing, but whatever. I enjoy it and we go do that. And we, we also travel a lot. So I would say for me, happiness is, you know, you've got to have, and, and, I, and I don't really believe there's a balance. I really just, I haven't found it if there is. Um, so I would say that, you know, happiness encompasses all the things that I've listed and being a good person. I mean, you know, we've both been shitty people at some point. I know I have, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, I don't want to be that guy anymore. And if I can continue on my path by not being that guy, I'm, I'm happy. Absolutely. And I agree with you. And I think I'm in that married up club like you, because I have a wife that I don't know why she adores me, but she does. But here's the thing that she loves me so much. She'll tell me the truth, whether it hurts my feelings or not, because she wants me to be that better human being. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've learned some lessons from my wife, like when, and she'll tell me straight up, you know, like, oh, you, you're this way with your clients, but behind you're not doing the same thing. And she's right. I'm like, okay. And this is one thing I've learned in my recovery too, is that I can't save my ass and my face at the same time. So what am I going to do? Right. I got to save my ass. So I have to listen to her and she always shoots me straight. She's the best, best human being I know. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't want to talk about someone who walks the walk and talks the talk like you, 
she's right. the same person when no one's looking as she is if everybody's looking. And she's been one of my greatest teachers. And so I feel blessed to be in that club with you, right? Like to have that partner that, that just, you know, has my best interests at heart at all times, right? That pushes I think me. we're very lucky. We are very lucky. And, and she's just an amazing human being. And, you know, I, I've learned a lot I about myself. Yeah. It's, you know, she's in the background. She's hearing me, but that's all right. She could be on my show one day. I'm going to interview her one day. But uh, yeah. um, it is true. I would tell her that behind her back. I would tell her to the side of her. I would tell that to her face. And she knows it's true. But I, I love her dearly. I adore her, too. But yeah, this has been a great episode, Corey. Thank you so, so much for coming on and doing this. Like, I think people are going to learn a lot from you because you were real, you were raw, and you just let it go. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to be on my on my show. So uh, let everybody know where they can reach you if they want to work with you. Like, how can they get a hold of you? You can find me on all the social channels at Corey Barrier. I'm sure that'll be in the, in the show notes. And also you can find me at CoreyBarrier.com is where my sales CEO page is. So that's where you can find me. And again, you know, I provide leads. I work with business owners and I help the sales team. So I basically come in, train your people on the leads that I give you and we close deals and your people close deals. They close more deals and you make more money. So if that's of interest to you. By all means, you should reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Any last thoughts for our audience? You know, you, know, you mentioned belief earlier, and I want to I want to hit on something that's important. Um, there's a we have a mutual friend, Mike Claudio. And Mike, um, Mike was he was an important part in this scenario because at one point I didn't believe in myself. And I hired Mike to be my coach because he believed in me. And I borrowed his belief until I could believe in myself. So I wanted to share that with, you know, with the audience, because I think that's important. If you don't have enough belief inside of you, borrow somebody else's until you can get that. No, that's like my, my mentor, my sponsor early in recovery would always tell me that just believe that I believe that's all you got to do. I didn't have very much belief, not uh, let alone in myself or other people or in the universe. Right. But I learned from him to like, I just watched him and then my belief became stronger and stronger. Right. But we always go through these cycles and, but today's a whole different ball game. Right. And um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I really appreciate you taking the time and being on my show on the fearless happiness podcast. I think the audience is going to get so much from this episode. So we will talk soon. And uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Absolutely.